calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello, I am Jules Nolan, and better known as Add the Hex Baby or your friendly neighborhood vampire, and today I'm going to be playing real or creepy. Hey, I'm Becky Galantine, also known as My Bloody Galantine, and I'm a paranormal investigator, and I'm here to play real or creepy. That's right, everybody, and I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of Real or Creepy. We're going to jump into our first story now. This story is called The Prague Town. So I've always been skeptic, and I still am to this day, but this is one of those experiences that just sticks. In October of last year, I visited Prague. Though my college, through my college, it was a great experience overall with professional tour guides, walks through the city and such. First day we went to Prague, oldest part of Prague. We got the internal tour, including the underground corridors, halls, homes under the town hall. Beneath the old town hall lies a complex network of underground chambers and corridors. These underground spaces were created due to the natural sinking of the ground and the need for additional storage areas. Initially, the underground served as storage cellars for the goods and supplies. While I was there, I initially didn't feel much of anything. I was slightly uncomfortable by the idea of basements or anything underground, as I always have since I was a child, but as we ventured further into the corridors and were told more information, I started to feel very uneasy. More than usual, it felt like I was being watched intently and closely. That feeling you get when your boss is watching over you, that sense of anxiety, all of it. That combined with a sudden taste of metal in my mouth freaked me out, and I nudged one of my professors to see if I was alone in that experience. He simply said that he felt nothing and told me not to make a fuss out of it. So I didn't. I kept quiet and ignored it. This was until we made it to the dungeon part of the tour. In the 17th century, during the reign of Hasburgs, the underground chamber was used as a prison cell. Political prisoners and criminals were incarcerated there enduring harsh conditions. The most infamous section of the underground is known as the dungeon, where prisoners were held in cramped, dark cells. And when I tell you, the instant sense of dread fell over me before the tour guide had even told me what the room was. The air felt heavier than normal. I started to shiver, and my Apple Watch was telling me that my pulse was going too high and that I should sit down. 
Suddenly, the feeling of uneasiness became a fully-fledged panic attack. I had to leave the tour prematurely. <laughs> I don't know if this was just me feeling uneasy or if there was something more to it. If anybody can tell me, please do. So I thought you two would be perfect for this one because you have both been in places and had feelings. And also some of those places, I know, um, Becky, I've heard you talk about how there are natural conditions that can present themselves that can manifest sensations in us. So I thought this would be kind of a fun one to talk about. Jules, we'll start with you. Um, what did you think about this story? Did it seem pretty realistic or, or what, what are your thoughts? Well, with stories like this, I really try to think of my own personal experiences. Like you said, um, I have definitely been in locations where I didn't know a lot of the history until I was there. And I started having very like visceral reactions, you know, heart palpitations, you're cold sweating, you're like, something's going on and nobody else is feeling it. Um, so that part of the story is very believable. Um, do I also believe, you know, you're in like a damp cellar, like it could be something like that, giving you some kind of reaction, especially like the metal taste in your mouth, you know, it could be something uh, actually physically affecting you as opposed to metaphysically. So the story sounds palpable and believable, in my opinion, just because of things that I have personally experienced. And do you, would you go as far as to say that something supernatural was causing the you know, the um, experience or the sensations that this writer was having? I would go as far to say that if the writer believed they were, then yes. But do I also believe that we are humans and we give off uh, hormones and pheromones in the area when we're afraid and this writer was possibly picking up on the fear someone else had previously left behind? That's also possible as well. Oh, that's interesting. Becky, what are your thoughts? I first think that Obviously, it's a believable story. Like, I believe that this happened to them. I'm not sure. I wasn't there if it were paranormal or not. Um, I also agree with her on what she's saying. Like, we're going to have these sensations. So the first thing you're going to do as you descend into stairs, into the darkness, you're going to start noticing changes in your body you wouldn't otherwise notice like if you're walking down a sidewalk you're not thinking about what you're tasting and like if something's grabbing your hair and you're not paying attention to the fine things that just happen to you all throughout the day that if you were put in a cellar experiencing the same thing you're gonna go oh that that's paranormal it's the context of the situation so um that being said I also believe that the paranormal can affect us emotionally. I think it can affect our bodies, but there are too many factors in the story that are not recorded um, as it's coming from a, someone who is not a paranormal investigator, who's not trying to debunk anything. So we don't know what the air quality was down there. We don't know what they're breathing in. We don't know if there's like a little bit of some sort of gas because you're underground. Like we have no idea what they were experiencing as far as things that are going to elicit a response in the body. Yeah, I think I think all of that is is extremely good points. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my 4-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. 
Wild Green is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I saw a video today on, I think it was TikTok. I, it looked real, obviously. I don't know, but it, somebody had broken into the catacombs and they were just literally wading through bones, like human bones. And that kind of freaked me out. Like I, I got a very visceral reaction from that. You know, it wasn't necessarily that I felt some, something supernatural was happening, but I did feel some of these sensations that the author is saying they feel from being in that moment. You know, I, I didn't have a full panic attack, but it did make me feel panic. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think our bodies do have natural reactions to unnatural situations. And I think mm. that's what this could have been. I mean, I, I shared this on a previous episode, so I'll just say it really quick, but Yesterday I was driving and then in a split second, I thought I saw an old man wearing glasses sitting in the back seat of our vehicle. And I had had two monster energy drinks. My last one being, you know, two hours prior to that. So I, I just assumed that, you know, my, my eyelid was twitching. I, I'm just going to assume that there was more at play there than an actual person. But to tell you that I could feel the fear go from like my mouth to my like, butt. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it felt like an electric shock that ran through me. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of wild. It's just kind of a weird aside, but uh, creepy stuff. <laughs> creepy. That's uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Right. But that you experienced that and then your body already, it's too late. Like the damage is done to your body experiencing yes. it. Even though you've realized that that's not what's occurring, the body is already pushing out those, the response to that fear. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know what pheromones I was pushing out in that moment because it was pretty horrifying. Great uh, fear and monster energy. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar-free monster energy too, which I'm not exactly sure how those things can taste so sugary and not be sugar. Like, who mm. knows? I'm probably going to develop another head or something. As, as time goes on. Um, this episode is not sponsored by Monster Energy. <laughs> not sponsored. No. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to go on to our next and final story for this episode the title is on the night shift true story what a segue i used to work as a security officer i was asked to work a saturday night shift at an old warehouse in dudley i turned up at 5 p.m where the building was a huge brick warehouse with some makeshift offices at the front i walked in took the keys from the day officer and locked the doors behind him everything seemed normal for a while it was a bit creepy as the buildings were so old but i was used to that 
Around 1 a.m., I got a call from the warehouse manager. One of the night drivers had forgotten his paperwork and asked me to go into the office and bring them to him. The warehouse was pitch black. I had a small torch, but only slightly lit my way. I walked through until I got to the office door, which was a huge metal sliding door. It made a screeching noise as I pulled it open. As I walked in, in front of me was the office fax machine, which was blinking and the paperwork was printed out. I grabbed the paperwork, but as I turned around, I looked to the other end of the office and saw what I can only describe as a dark figure, hunched over, shivering. I could hear what sounded like breathing, but like if you were freezing cold. I stood there for about 30 seconds, motionless, staring at this figure. I turned back slowly and closed the door behind me, rushing back to the front office where I locked the door and waited for the driver. An hour later, the driver collected his paperwork, and for the rest of the night, I convinced myself it was just dark playing tricks with me, but that didn't stop me from unlocking the office door or checking the cameras every few minutes. 5 a.m. turned up, and I got a knock on the door from the day officer. I handed him the keys and expected him to come in, but he locked the door from the outside. I asked him if he was going in. He said he doesn't go inside when there's nobody else, but sits in the car in the car park and waits. I said, that's a bit strange. And he looked at me and asked if I went anywhere else other than the security office. I told him that I went to the back office to get the paperwork for a driver, not telling him the other part. I'll never forget the look he gave me or what he said then. He looked me in the eyes and said, well, then you know why I don't go in there alone. It gave me chills, but I shrugged it off and said, okay, then, and left for home. Safe to say on the way home, I called my office and requested not to go back there. <laughs> Um, and then they go on to say that's a hundred percent true story. So Becky, pretty scary story. You know, I think if any of us experienced this in a dark warehouse, it'd be pretty scary. Did this feel like a true story to you? Did it give you some real haunting vibes? How do you feel about this one? I have a few thoughts. Number one, did he say he had a torch to get down the hallway? Yeah, I think that like in the UK, flashlight. they call it a flashlight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or they call it a torch. Oh, I missed that part. I thought we were talking about here. And I was like, did he just light up a torch and like Olympic <laughs> run yes. down the hallway? I was going to Okay, I'm back to reality. <laughs> but that had me off guard. Second, most terrifying part of the whole story, you open the screeching door and behind it is a fax machine. How are you going to operate that thing? Horrifying. Terrible. Anyway. <laughs> anyway so i'm just picturing like this big 80s fax machine and it's just feeding out that paper with like the dots on the side like the the printer paper yeah just in the da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. yeah these are i'm distracting from the story but the the point is no i don't believe it because i thought it was too artfully crafted i thought mm -hmm. it um, it was a believable character. It was a believable story, but it just felt like, like, why does your ghost story have a punchline at the end? Like it just felt too much. Like someone wrote that for fun. Yeah. Jules, what'd you think about that one? I am also inclined to agree that it fit the format of storytelling. Uh, you know, like obviously your, your scary story that's happened to you personally doesn't have to have, like Becky said, a punchline. Um, but I will tell you this. Um, I have had personal experiences in abandoned buildings where there is a person there. It's not a ghost. It's a real person. 
Um, and I have been terrified because of it, because you're like, oh my God, what is this ominous dark figure? And it's just, unfortunately, um, a person who is squatting in the abandoned building. Um, so that's kind of where it brought me to. I was like, oh, maybe it's something like that. Like it's, it's the person who inhabits the building at night. But again, the credibility of the story does diminish because of the punchline at the end. It's two votes for fake internet creepy pasta. <laughs> I always want to call it scary pasta for some reason, and that does creepy. not sound spooky pasta. <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, I was listening to an episode of My Favorite Murder once, and they were doing their hometown stories, and somebody wrote in and said that they discovered that there was somebody living in the attic, and they had been there for like a month before they discovered them to me that is scarier than almost any ghost story yes. i've heard like yes. the idea of, of just knowing what humans are capable of and that there is like a a, a stranger male and it living in my ceiling like mm -hmm. horrified uh, Un of... untethered from reality and society <laughs> yes. as well like what could happen yeah. that's very scary that's yeah. very scary they started missing food and they were just like what the hell is going on yeah that <laughs> that's a big mouse you yeah. know that's... <laughs> it's a giant raccoon person. that's a raccoon <laughs> yeah. um, all right guys well we did it that's another episode of real or creepy jules where can our fans find all your amazing content our fans your fans can find me at the hex baby on twitter instagram tiktok and youtube awesome and becky where can our fans find all your amazing content i can be found on tiktok and instagram as my bloody galentine all right y'all well, that is another episode of real or creepy stay tuned till next time Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.